Good morning. It is time to get up with Bye Eagles Bye. Oh, what a no-show. A fitting end to a failing finish. The question is, where do they go from here? Meanwhile, their rivals all quiet on the southern front. Does Jerry's silence suggest status quo will not cut it in Big D? And then here comes Mr. Allen. The biggest of Buffalo's bills stands tall in the snow, setting up an absolute classic in the NFL's Elite Eight. It's time to do this thing. Here we go. Look at that. Oh, Pal, baby. We're coming to see you. The concrete jungle. Sal Pal Antonio oh, will join us in about a half hour. And Jeff and Dominique will roast him mercilessly. They got to come through South Philly. No, they don't. Can we take a moment to admire Lewis's jacket? Ooh, oh, we're not playing today. No, that, that, hey, as, as Mike McDaniel said, when someone said, you can't hide money, yeah. I ain't trying. <laughs> Let's do this thing. Did you stay up late last night? If not, here's what you missed. Game of the night? Well, if you were rooting for Tampa, that's right. Jalen Hurts decided not to wear the glove right before it started. Baker Mayfield looking for redemption. Third and seven, Baker, David Moore. Where's the defense? That's a great question, Nick. Where is it? When they showed this replay, it was so embarrassing. They were running into each other. This yeah, they yeah. left their defense back in week 11. Now, this game, because the Buccaneers dropped ball after ball, they allowed the Eagles to stay in the game. And then late in the half, they get the touchdown to Dallas Goddard in 16-9. Looks like they're going to get right back in it. Now they're going to go for a tush-push. But, Jeff, what happened? Vita Vea happened. That's what happened. <laughs> Trying to move a piece of farm equipment out there. You can't do it. Too low. Everybody jumping over the pile, pulling it out. Hey, they stopped it twice. No other team. Only one other team stopped it once the whole season. KJ Britt, Leighton face mask not called. Third Stop quarter. Eight. All right, here we go. This is Hurts. He's in the pocket. Dominique, what does he need to do? Throw it away? No, too late. The desperation, the sadness. They were troubled by the blitz all day, but that wasn't even a blitz. No. Holding on to the ball. Safety, 18-9. Now here comes Trey Palmer. Where's the tackling here? Oh, We got oh. this thing. We, we, talk, we talked about this guy in the draft. Trey Palmer's 4-3. You get him out in the open like that, it's over. You, you, you and I might be able to score even if we don't win a 4-3 with that tackle. Exactly. Like, you know, we're walking in. Em- embarrassing. Eagles fourth quarter going for it on a fourth down. Devontae Smith had a very big game. Eight catches, 148 yards. But this one broken up in the last moment by Carlton Davis. And the Eagles fans are letting their organization know what they want to do. Ooh. Here we go. Third and seven. Final moment. Mayfield. Times. Chris Godwin. How about the night for Baker Mayfield? 337 passing yards. And so the Buccaneers go on. They will move forward, and they will go to Detroit. The Eagles fans are depressed, disappointed. Jason Kelsey is done. Coach, your job. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about the guys. Um, again, there's a lot of guys in that locker room, all the guys in that locker room, every single one of them that put their heart and soul into this. Um, I'm not worried about me. You went Nick back. You went Nick back. I didn't know he was going anywhere. All right, so that's an excellent way not to answer a question you don't want to answer. I'll get to the Jason Kelsey uh, note that I alluded to a, a moment in, a, in a couple of minutes here. But let's start with that. So you hear Nick Sirianni say he's not thinking about his job. What do yeah. you say? Yeah, of course he's thinking about it. Because, look, there's going to be a whole lot of things that are going to be reevaluated right now. Yeah. And starting procedurally with, what? look, number one, 
If you bring Nick Sirianni back, what do you have to do as far as the coaching staff is concerned to make some changes in order for this to get back on the right track? You made changes in the middle of the season when you took Sean Desai out of there and you put Matt Patricia in there. You know, there's a lot of talk coming out of there about whether or not Sean Desai could have maybe, you know, made some changes as far as some of the assistants that he was that he wanted to bring in there and he wasn't allowed to bring in there. Then when you look at the football team itself, look, the team is devoid of talent at the second level and at the third level at the safety position. Everybody attacks this team in the same way. Every single person. And so now you have to figure out whether or not philosophically you have the right outlook as far as how it, what it takes to play top-level pass defense. Mm. And then lastly, when you get back to, to Sirianni, is he really the guy that you want leading the charge going down the stretch here in terms of like a couple years from now? Or is Bill Belichick in play? Mm. Is that the kind of guy who needs to be in play here? Because personally – I think it's something that you definitely have to consider. All right, let me check a few things off here. I was going to get to Belichick. In my okay. Since we're there, let's go. So, Nick Sirianni, look, yeah. he was in the Super Bowl 11 months ago. But this is an organization that has been known to move on when they think it's the time. Is it time? I, mean, I think it's going to be time. I think when you saw Larry in the, in the box last night, the facial expressions like that was real, right? Lewis yeah. said it when we were in our meeting this morning. Like it doesn't get more personal for those guys. And here's the issue. Like you know, everybody talks about the Dallas debacle, all that kind of stuff. This team, That's the owner, Jeff Lurie there, yeah. fell off a cliff from 10-1 and 1 till to, to, to the, the six or seven weeks in a row that you played that boy. Look, I, I thought that Tampa had a chance. I didn't think Tampa would boat race them. If Tampa catches the ball, they may score 50 points mm -hmm. on this football team. And you cannot give up points. And then from an offensive standpoint, totally bailed away from what they talked about doing all week. Yeah. We're going to be physical. We're going to do this kind of thing. We give the ball to Swift. None. We don't depend on the offensive line. We let Hurts in, this, in, the, in, the, in the receiving court try to win it, which obviously isn't going to happen against Tampa. This was just an ugly it, 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 the whole situation has fallen apart, and so I think that's the indictment when you're talking about this. Yeah, nobody's off the hook, though. I think we celebrated what Howie Roseman built last year. We have to appreciate that they had nothing, as you mentioned, on the second level and the third level on defense. Missing tackles is inexcusable, yep. but also they didn't have the talent. They yep. start, they're searching for safeties midseason. They're yep. searching for linebackers midseason. The offense is a little different. The offense had the talent, but they could not consistently have an answer for the blitz. And no I watched that game last night, and I watched the game, and I thought, damn, they still don't have an answer for the Blitz. I rewatch it. They have answers for the Blitz, but they aren't killing people. They're like smalls with exception that big play down the middle of the field uh, yeah. to Smith. That was the only time when they made them pay for blitzing. So keep blitzing them. They, they overload the box. They only have three DBs out there because they put extra linemen out there to stop the run. And then their answer is, we have you compromised. We have you out there with only three DBs. Mm -hmm. And their answer for that is short passes, screens and stuff. They just seem yeah. to be listless from top yeah, to it's, bottom. It's kind of weird what you just brought up. The fact that, look, this is one of the best offensive lines in football. This yeah. is a team that, from an identity standpoint, wants to mash you in the mouth. They want to absolutely beat you up and bully you. Yet they wouldn't do it last night. Okay. They got scared over the fact that Todd Bowles made some adjustments, brought some bigger people in yep. when they thought first and second down base runs were going to be with um, that. They thought that that's what Philadelphia was going to get, and they were going to try and take it away. And I asked you on the way in here, just because a team says they're going to try and take it away, does that always discourage you Absolutely from actually not. just stopping running the football? Of course not, no. especially when you have a top two, top three offensive line. So they misused the people that they had on offense and defensively. 
they misevaluated the people that they had on that side of the football yeah. and tried to blame it on a defensive coordinator who didn't have his people in there in the first place and then said, hey, look, Matt Patricia, you take over, and it looked the same way. Yeah, so quite honestly, you got a bunch of different things you have to address on different levels here. Yeah. And really, if you want to talk about people wanting to be held accountable, it starts at the very top and just work your way on down. Yeah. Just keep on working your way down because when you have a collapse like this, it's always multi-layered. Absolutely. I know people want to go, Sean Desai, it's you. Brian Johnson, it's you. Nah. Jalen Hurts, it may be you. You know football doesn't work like that. It's always a colossal kind of group effort. Especially not when it looks like this over the course That's of right. a month. That's exactly. right. A That's couple right. months. Too That's much. when it's like that. You go even higher. Sirianni, yeah. you're included. You know, when they Harry ask, Roseman, yeah. when they ask get the your play- ass out here too. Everybody got to get something. When they ask the players, they ask Jalen Hurts, well, how do you fix this? He's like, well, don't you think we would have fixed it if we knew how? <laughs> right. You know why you can't fix it? Because it's too multi-layered. Yes. Because you can't fix all those things. You can't draft people in the middle of the season. Right. What are you going to do? You're going to go out and find a coach who all of a sudden, like, magically is going to have every answer? No, you got to do that in the offseason. There's a lot of things to work on here. I hear what you're saying. But let me ask a question on behalf of every football fan who is watching this and listening to this and saying, wait a minute. I was led to believe 11 months ago this was the most talented roster or among them in the NFL that drafted well again, including having Jalen Carter fall right to them. I was led to believe before this season began they might be the most talented roster in the NFL. Now you're telling me they don't have answers because their roster is so bereft of talent. How did that Uh, happen? uh, Look, I believe they have answers on the offensive side of the ball. They just don't always go to them. They just don't always call on them. They don't really have the same identity this year as a year ago. So then, so then you start thinking, okay, the loss of Shane Steichen is big. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Brian Johnson, we had a lot of hopes, but it just seemed like it was a situation that he couldn't really handle. On the defensive side, on the, on the front level, look, on the defensive line, I still think they are better than what they showed in For terms sure. of rushing the passer. Second and third level, but we talked about that is a problem. That was a problem going into the season. I think they skipped leg day on the defense side of the ball. <laughs> yeah. That's what it boils down to is they skip leg day. They look great up top. Yeah. Swole, great pecs, nice abs, buys and tries. But they skip leg day. Yeah. And so if you don't, it's important to be strong at one point, but their, their, their roster is not well constructed on the defensive side of the ball. I think right. it's, it's beautiful in offense. They got every tool that they need. The fact that they didn't execute there is a different answer. But on defense, I think the issue is that they were weak in the areas yeah. where people yeah. want to attack. And, and then let me go to the offense quickly because, Jeff, and, and you're the perfect person to ask this to because you love the running of the football yeah. and everything. Right. I, again, I'm asking on behalf of just normal football fans everywhere. A year ago, this is one of the best rushing teams in the history of the NFL, yeah. in large part because they used the quarterback run so effectively. Right. Now, and I think Troy alluded to this on the broadcast last night. We may find out yeah. at some point Jalen Hurts was a lot more hurt than he was letting on all year with the knee and everything. But one way or another, they just stopped running the ball. To yeah. Lewis's yeah. point, they had 14 attempts yeah. by the rushing last night and 35 passes in yeah. a game that was a game much of the night. Why? Yeah, no identity. I mean, we, we, listen, we kept talking about this after when, when the fall began. And mm-hmm. it's what are you going to lean on? What are you going to depend on? Every team has an identity. And when you walk in your locker room and you look at the offensive line they had, that's where you start. And you say, okay, however we have to put this game plan together, we're going to start by being physical up front, which, again, alleviates the defensive issues because you're trying to keep them off the field. as much. It's complementary football, right? If you find an identity for the entire team by, by grabbing a hold of what you do best. 
The problem was whether it was Johnson, Sirianni, whoever's making that final call, you can't tell me you walk into game plans like last night and say, we're going to be physical all week, we're going to dominate up front, we're going to do these things, and then you just bail on the 10 runs to Swift, right? 10 runs, okay? And again, whatever, whatever Tampa shows up in, bro, you, they're going to show up, right? Like, like, that's what you do in the NFL. Everybody shows up, but you have to go exert your – and the problem is they run from what they do well because they think that all of a sudden they can cure it with big plays. That's yeah. just not the way it worked in Philly. Every- Every, every team that's going to be there in the end, Greeny, every team's going to be in the, in the end, in the AFC, in the NFC, the last quarter of the season, the offensive line will lead the way. That's right. They've led the way. Every single team. Because they can play it however you want. That's right. They go, look, bad weather, we're outside, it's cold, we can play it this way. That's right. If it's nice weather, we're inside, it's a dome, and we can spread it out a little bit and start moving around, we can do that. Meaning we have answers for whatever you want to present to us. That's right. And it always starts up front. Yes. It always and, does. And let me say this. The last two weeks in particular, because Fox made this point, the Eagles face two coordinators that you know are going to blitz you the, from when you get off the bus to when you get on the plane to go home. Bro, they are bringing freaking heat and didn't have an answer on either. That is, that's neglect. That's Wink like, Martindale last week yes. and now and our Todd, Todd Bowles, Bowles this week. Yes. Very quickly, two more things I want on this game. And we'll have all morning to do it. But very quickly, do you believe that they are going to make a coaching change. I'm not asking you if they should. Right. We saw no. the body language, right. everything else, how bad it's gotten. Do you think that they're going to make a change in Philly? I don't think that they make a coaching change in Philly. I, I, I was one who said that I don't think they should. Right. Then I watched that last night. And it's just, man, I, I don't know if the coach is the problem, but something needs to happen given what how this season ended. And we'll work our way to the Belichick of it all. We would be remiss, and I alluded to it briefly. Adam Schefter is reporting that Jason Kelsey, one of the greats in the history of his position, oh. and you saw him emotional on the sideline last night, told his teammates after the game that it was his last game and that he is retiring. Jeff, you were a center. You were one of the great centers of all time, too. He is in the handful of the best. Just a quick thought from you on Green that. trying to choke me up on this show. I mean, Hall of Famer. He is a oh. Hall of Fame center, man. This is, this is, it has been a pleasure to watch this guy play football, man. He is he is as intense as it gets on the field. The levity he brings off the field has been priceless. I loved his game. I love the congrats on an incredible career, my friend. I'll be there cheering you on when you walk in the Hall of Fame. It's as good as it gets, man. This is one of the great, late, great Howard Muds. Yes, sir. Like my cr- man. crown jewels right here. Yes, sir. This is a Howard Mudd draft pick. Yep. He was there when Jason was drafted out of Cincinnati. I was there. Yep. This is Howard's guy. Yep. He found him. I- he believed in him. He brought him along. That's I met guy. with him after his first season in Indy, man. He came to the house, and it's, the dude is an absolute stud. Yeah, we should all celebrate Kelsey, but I also would like to point out that this is the most football-y man ever. I don't think Jeff cried at the birth of his children. <laughs> <laughs> this, this man over here welling up over a center retirement. That's a dude, man. That's a dude. Yeah. I'm that's that's that play. fraternity. That's cool. And one of the sexiest men alive, according that's to right. People Magazine. So congratulations. Can we talk Jason. about that? No. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Because let's Love go to you. the snow. Orchard uh, Park, yes. Today. Oh, we got people shoveling. Only oh, bucks an well, hour. How about it? <laughs> got to get up there. We got it. Well, the game was delayed. You know the story by now. The blizzards and everything else they had in Orchard Park, and that's what the seats looked like a few hours before the game. And people are clearing it out and trying to find a place to sit and watch the game. No one had assigned seats. It was literally come as you are and sit where you can. And then the game started, and Josh Allen started doing this. Yeah, great manipulation of the secondary with his eyes, and then zip over the middle field. That wasn't affecting him. 
six points. ESPN bets. Cha-ching! That's what I'm talking about. And the fans loved it. And now here we go more from Josh. Everyone loves to talk about all those turnovers. Well, Lewis, you can't turn it over when you're doing this. You, you should, see, this is what I'm talking oh. about with Buffalo right now. See, this is a problem. Patrick Peterson, that's also a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you what. That's a problem. When you can beat people in different ways like this, you're going to be a problem. And then finally, this Jeff, your favorite play of the year. Oh, oh, look at God. this right. This is my – all right, breaks the tackle. Come on, Nate. 38. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, there's nothing better for a lot to see a DB doing like Watch this. the replay. Up, just trying to reach out and just touch something. Don't touch it. Watch 38. Watch 38. Oh, don't. Look at that this. man dancing. <laughs> Oh, oh, he should have pulled up lane. Yeah, like, oh, something have rolled something. Bills with the win. The Steelers' season comes to an end. Mike Tomlin afterwards asked about his future. Watch this moment. Anyone? Mike, you have a year left on your contract. <laughs> he wasn't having it. That, that, that was our Brooke Pryor there who was asking. Hey. What was obviously going to be the beginning of a question about his he didn't even hear about his future. I think he sort of sensed where it was headed, but I mean that is the circumstance. He does have one year left on his contract. Yeah. We all understand that that is an organization that stands by, and, and again, under no circumstances would we expect him to get fired anyway. No. He took that team to ten and seven, and they were in that game pretty much the entire day yesterday. Do you read anything into the fact that he walked off like that? There have been reports that he might take some time here to consider walking away and taking a year off. Absolutely. And, and first of all, the face that he made remind me of like when I was a kid and I asked my mom for like a, a toy in a toy store. It's like, okay, she walk away from me just like that. Yeah. But yeah, there it was. But yeah, it, there's no reason for him to just walk away like that. We know, we just saw Nick Sirianni demonstrate how to answer that question. I'm not thinking about that right now. Yeah. Him walking away right there gives more credence to the idea that maybe he does want to keep walking right on out that door to take a, a it's, seat it's right It's hard, next, yeah. hard yeah. for Tomlin to lie to us. He don't, he don't want to <laughs> be that lie. guy. He, he don't want to tell a lie. He just, look, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I just, I'm out. I, I, avoid the question. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot going through his head right there. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, you just lose a football game. You almost got yourself back in it. You know Mike is no nonsense. He don't play that game. Nah. You're going to try and trick me into telling you something I don't want to tell you. And he's gotten to the point where in his career right now, he is not afraid at all of putting people on blast, whether it be with his words or with that look yeah. and or just walking off. As he says, and they have shirts in Pittsburgh that says, we do not care. He does not care what you want from him. He's going to give you what he wants to give you. But clearly, this is a hot-button topic. Yeah. Clearly, I mean, the guy's been there forever. There are people who constantly are calling for his job for some reason in Western PA who for feel as though reason? this is a guy who just is not, you know, who is not, like, delivering the goods to them. After all these years, all these years of above 500 football that he has coached, he still doesn't get the kind of respect that he should. It's yeah. weird. It's weird. And I think right now – He's probably going to take some time and think, what do I need to do here? Yeah. What well, do I, I want to do? I'll show him as much respect as I possibly can. If you do decide, Coach, to take a year off, I got a seat for you right here. <laughs> I got a seat. I got it. Oh, he would. You, you imagine many days oh. you want. I'll oh. get up. I'll give you Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> whatever day you want, right? You got Coach Tomlin no. right oh. here. He'll He'd turn the him. man. I, I have the some man. fun. Hey, so, Mike, do you think that the Eagles should fire Nick Sirianni <laughs> and, and hire uh, Bill Belichick? The standard right. is the standard. Yeah. the standard. Exactly right. I want all those expressions. So, we'll see what he decides to do. As far as the Bills, we'll have all week 
to talk about them and another showdown. Josh Allen against uh, Patrick Mahomes, which I think is becoming sort of the, 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 the great quarterback rivalry of this time, right? The Brady it's, Manning and all that It's stuff. absolutely it. Josh Allen, spectacular uh, I mean, last listen, night. If you're going to circle a game this weekend, that's the one you're circling, right? And it's get, they finally get it in Buffalo. So if you're a Bills fan, you get them on your – I mean, everything's lining up for you, right? They're not that explosive. The Chiefs aren't explosive on offense. Your defense is getting better. But Josh Allen is going to be the reason they win or lose this game. And you saw what he did last night. What, the, the capability of what this guy can do, he puts the team on his shoulder the offensive line has been balling yeah. which I, I absolutely love and respect and, and I'm going to say this I, I I blasted them when they let go of Dorsey and made Brady and I was wrong because but Brady has done a fantastic job and the Bills are scary All right, that's a scary team to go to go match up with that's a very good football team and, and they executed well last night yeah I've watched their defense even though they have a lot of injuries in the secondary and the safeties have gotten healthy, I've watched their defense play way above their heads mm-hmm. for a long enough period of time that now I start to expect it. They weren't incredible last night. They made plays when they needed to make them, but that is the reason why I think this team, the, the skill players around Josh Allen are stepping up, taking pressure off of them, and the defense yeah. is playing much better. Yeah, the, more, the, the, the most interesting thing about this matchup for me as far as the story about the quarterbacks really isn't about so much about Patrick. It's more about Kansas City's defense. Yep. You saw how fast yes, they are. Yep. You saw how these guys can run and rush and cover. This will be Josh's toughest test. Absolutely. Without, they are going to have to win this game for Kansas City. All right, I'm up against the break. I, I, we will have much more. Look, we got all morning. We got all week to dive into that. As we continue here, we mentioned Sal Palantonio. He's going to join us. We dive deeper into this Eagles collapse. What exactly happened? And is Jeff Saturday ready to rub Sal Pal's nose in it? Yes, he is. We will dive into all of that. And we get back to the Dallas disaster. Uh Absolute silence on the southern front. What does that mean? Is it possible change is brewing in Big D? The answer is next. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Get Up is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you need. Very quick fit check here. Dope or nope? Stefan Diggs, pregame sweater. What do we think, gentlemen? Absolutely dope. No. Whoa, whoa, He looks like Popeye in the cartoons, dog. The big old forearm thing. Yeah. No. 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 Coming up. The truth hurts. <laughs> the truth hurts in Philly. Sal Palantonio will join us next to answer the big question. Are they going to fire the coach? Don't miss it next. simply not our turn. Here's another broken tackle, and he is gone. Touchdown, Buccaneers. It's unfathomable, the collapse that this Eagles team, it's a defeated team. Blocked it up. Godwin, touchdown, Tampa Bay. And that'll just about do it. Philadelphia dominated by the Buccaneers. We want to give ourselves a chance, and now it's on to the next one, so we're on to Detroit. And that was the show last night, and it put what might have been a merciful end to a stunning free fall for the Eagles in the second half of the season. Eleven months ago, they were in the Super Bowl. Three months ago, they were 10-1. and Since that time, they've lost six out of seven. This is an historic collapse, and it's candidly, and we spent the first 20 minutes of the show trying to make some sense of it, tough to understand. And here's Sal, and, uh, Sal Palantonio in Tampa, who... You know, Sal, you've covered that team as long as anyone. You understand it as well as anyone, the ins and the outs. And you were in the locker room and and other places there with them last night. What stands out the most to you after what was an absolute debacle of a finish to the season? Good morning, Michael. The answer to your question is the mood in the locker room after the game. I was one of the last reporters. I stayed until the last player left the locker room and talked to a lot of them. And it's clear they understand that major changes are coming and they are ready for them. Listen to this. It's very embarrassing. You go from 10-1 to losing last, whatever, six or seven or whatever we did. And, you know, we've done all the press conferences. We've done all the explaining, trying to, and still not getting corrected. You know, there's probably going to be some changes. It's frustrating. Um, You know, hopefully, as long as I'm playing, I don't want to have to be a part of something like this again. So that's, that's my plan. Lane Johnson also said these words, Greeny, quote, no one is safe. Four words that kind of sum things up. Major changes are coming to this football team. So, so what would constitute major, I, I guess, is the question here, Sal, right? I mean, it, 
it, yeah. it, uh, there's, there were some people who will say it's incomprehensible that a head coach can take a team to a Super Bowl and 11 months later we're talking about the possibility of him getting fired. But everyone is well aware, and, and you living there in Philly, you hear the drumbeat of it, are well aware that that is a topic that is certainly on the table of discussion right now. What is your sense of that? Well, you know, we're reporters. We're not in the speculation business, but we're in the reporting business. So here's what we know and here are the facts. The bottom line is that Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the team, stood by Andy Reid for a very long time. And then he pulled the plug quickly on Chip Kelly and quickly on Doug Peterson when things went south and he didn't like the direction of the football team. So you have that. Two, the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator jobs are definitely on the chopping block. It's clear they have to make changes in both of those areas. So are you going to let Nick Sirianni, who's in the fourth year of a five-year contract, be the navigator of that, be the steward of that, be the steward of a rebuilding that is so vast? That is the question confronting this football team and the ownership of this football team. And that what they'll do is they'll take their time and Lewis Riddick has been in this building, in that building. He understands what they do and how they do things. And they'll try to figure out what to do with the head coach. But there are a lot of options for them out there. There's Mike Vrabel. There's Bill Belichick. And the drumbeat, as you mentioned, listen, I've lived and worked in Philadelphia for almost 40 years. The fans matter in Philadelphia. And this team has lost the fans. The organization has lost the fans. The fans are important. This Eagles organization is always looking to what the fans are thinking. They're always polling their season ticket holders. And the fans matter. And they have lost the fans. They've lost people like on Joe DeCamera on WIP, Marcus Hayes on Philly.com. The guys who are the opinion shapers in Philadelphia, they've lost those guys. And it's going to be hard to get them back. Sal, stay with us if you can't here. I want to get the guys in on the conversation, but we'll have more for you. He mentioned it. You've been there. You understand that. And he brings up yeah. an interesting question. I mean, Nick Sirianni, are you, are you going to let him be the guy who makes the decisions? If you're going to change coordinators, let's say on both sides of the ball, do you allow him to be the one who makes those decisions? <clears throat> who says Nick Sirianni was making these decisions in the first place? Mm -hmm. That's the problem. That's part of the problem. Okay? Sean decides. I mean, do, do we really think – that, Sean, that um, it was Nick Sirianni who had Sean Desai demoted? Do you really think that that's what happened? Do you think it was Nick Sirianni who brought Matt Patricia in? I don't know. I know what I think. Do you think that? Do you think that? that so when we talk about major changes from the top down, everything is on the table. You're right. Everything should be on the table. From the way you do business, the, the kind of culture you set, who's making decisions, what the order is as far as, you know, who answers to who, who's, making, who's responsible for what. You cannot, uh, look, uh, this is an old Bill Walsh quote. You cannot manage what is happening on the grass from the boardroom. Okay, let the people who are down on the ground floor manage what's happening on the field. Hire the people to go ahead and let them manage it. Let them to go ahead and build out their staff. Jeff, you know a little bit something about this. Absolutely. You were just subjected to this. Let the people, meaning that head coach who is the CEO, manage what is happening. So put your trust in that guy. Make sure you're picking a guy who you trust to do that in the first place. Because right now, clearly, they took a step back, way back from uh, Shane Steichen being there, from Doug Peterson being there. Remember, when they ran Doug out of there, Doug had won a Super Bowl. They won it. And they ran him out of there. Right. He won a Super Bowl. Nick got him to a Super Bowl. He didn't win a Super Bowl. So I don't understand why people would think, look, I, I think it's almost like a foregone conclusion that he may be gone. And the whole thing may be reset. 
But what I'm saying is the way in which you do business maybe needs to be reset. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Listen, I, I, from a guy who went through this, and again, mine's a blip on the radar, right? I was going in for eight games. But when you have no authority to make those decisions that Lewis is talking about, who your guys are going to be, however that thing is set up, you have very little chance of success. And, you, and you're, you're hoping that you, you hit the lottery in the Shane Steikens, the Gannons of the world, that those guys can really do it. Because when you start bringing in – and this will be the next group, right, that Sirianna's got to sit down. And I, and I would tell you this – because I, I was with you, you know, like the, the whole firing a coach, does that make a difference? All, but if everybody is clamoring for, for uh, uh, Mike McCarthy firing, if you look at like the drop from a 10-1, and one, you heard Lane Johnson talk about it, from a 10-1 to, to losing six of seven and getting boat racing in the playoffs, like that is a, an implosion. We haven't seen something like that. And so is everybody on the block? Absolutely everybody is there. Can I ask an unrelated question? Because one person who was not on the block and who is most certainly going to continue to be there and should is the quarterback. The most important people in the organization, you know, somewhere along the line, you get to the coach and the quarterback very, very high in that conversation. There's been a lot of talk about the coach, a lot less about the quarterback. During last offseason, when people were making, compiling their list of best players in the NFL, people were putting Jalen Hurts second, third, whatever the case may be. This was a step back of a season, too. What did we see from him, and what is the what is the right way for us to assess his role yeah, in this? He definitely took a step back in this season, or this team took a step back. When you watch the answers that they provided for Jalen Hurts, there's some left to be desired. And I think that it's important, while Nick Sirianni should be called to the carpet, we have to understand that this was not a job, despite the talent that they had on that roster, that a lot of people wanted. Like, Nick Sirianni was not the number one choice. And I think that says something about an organization that we believe to be well-run, analytically-minded. There's a reason why eligible coaches, interested, high-level coaches, weren't interested in subjecting themselves to that situation. And we saw those decisions pan out over the course of the season. And you can cover that up for only so long until you get to the point where players are looking around like, who's in charge? Who do I report to? Mm-hmm. Who can I trust? How long are you going to be there? Mm. Like That stuff permeates on the field. And as someone who is not, I know you've been mm-hmm. in there, as someone who has not been in that building, you can still see that That's on right. the field. You can feel it. You can tell that the players and the coaches in there don't feel secure in, in one vision for where and, their and, organization is. And look no further. When you talk about Jalen Hurts, look no further than the offensive coordinator leaving. Like, if you look what he did with Garner Minshew, like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, Shane Steichen left that building, goes to Indianapolis, and, 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 you know, Minshew's running this offense. They're running the football. They're doing all the things that the Eagles did last yeah. year. When you don't – and that was that's my, the indictment on Johnson. There's no identity, bro. Like, if you know Jalen Hurts, his run game ability makes them lethal to try to cover, that's what you got to call. It's just part of the business. Let me get Sal back in here. Sal, final word. Well, I think you go back to what Neek said, right? The answers that they provided to Jalen Hurts were not good enough. Wink Martindale blitzed Jalen Hurts in the Giants game. They had no answers. Todd Bowles blitzed 59% of the time last night. They had no answers. As Joe Buck and Troy Aikman pointed out during the game, they don't take advantage of the middle of the field. So whatever they're going to do, they have to fix Jalen Hurts And they have to make sure, whatever they do, it's about promoting what Jalen Hurts is going to do going forward. They invested a quarter of a billion dollars on Jalen Hurts for the future of this franchise. 
they must focus on fixing the offensive problems first because they're not going anywhere if they can't convert on third down. They were zero for whatever on third down because Tom, and I sat in Todd Bowles' office last night after the game, and he said we just wanted to keep blitzing him and blitzing him, whether it was a rundown or a passing down. Go back to what Neek said. They did not provide the answers for Jalen Hurts, and that, to me, is the key. Very quickly, just as, as far as trying to put together a timeline here, what does history tell us when you told us they moved on from Chip Kelly and they moved on from Peterson? How quickly did they do that? Like if, if, should we, what does history tell us about how quickly a decision like this could get made? The history says it will be done quickly if it's going to be done. Again, this is right now speculation, but go back to what Jalen Hurts said last night. He was asked, do you have confidence in Nick Sirianni? And his answer was lukewarm, weak, and generic. He said, I have confidence in everybody in this locker room. He did not specifically give a vote of confidence to his head coach when specifically asked about it. That's important, Michael. All right, everybody stay with me on this. Sal, outstanding. Thank you. Travel safe back. We'll stay with, in touch with you, obviously, because this thing got a couple of more days in it at least. In the meantime, how about the arch rivals of the Eagles, the Cowboys, silent on the southern front from this moment? Is something brewing in Big D? We'll get that answer next. Damn packed this morning. Silent. 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 Back on Get Up, and it's been a very quiet 24 hours in Dallas, Texas, after their season ended on Sunday when they allowed 48 points to the Packers, the most in the 67 career playoff games that Dallas has played in. Their defense absolutely shredded by playoff rookie Jordan Love, who threw for three touchdowns at a QBR of 99.3, which is the highest allowed in any playoff game as long as we've been tracking that stat, which goes back to 2006, and Dak Prescott, meanwhile, really struggled. He's now 2-5 and five in his playoff career, and he has Damian Woody yesterday on our show fired up thinking something in Dallas has got to change. I'm damn sure getting rid of the coach. I don't want to hear a damn thing. Listen, we talk about, listen, we talk about, I don't want to hear about no 12-5 and five wins. It's, that's not it when it comes to the Cowboys. Everything when it comes to the Cowboys is about the postseason. This was their best opportunity in like a quarter of a century to get to the Super Bowl, and they got their ass handed to them yesterday, and we're supposed to run it back? Running it back would be just stupid. It would be totally stupid to run it back. <laughs> Woody, how you feeling, man? Woody. Like, Woody put that cash on the ESPN bets and got taken out of the account. Something went down. Talk Dang. To me. Is he right? No, he's not right. Listen, when you start talking about the Cowboys are built on the postseason, when? When I was in elementary school, that's the last time the, the Cowboys were good in the playoffs. So to tell me all they care about is postseason is silly. I can remember a few years ago, they were 8-8 eight and eight for a long time. And so th this whole idea that they this this perennial star team, because they're in Dallas, they make a lot of money. Everybody thinks they're this great. They have not been that team. This is the first – this was an embarrassing loss. And Mike McCarthy, the indictment for me is you went in knowing that was going to be your defensive game plan with Dan Quinn, and you didn't change it. So there, there is an issue. However, 
when you talk about winning 12 games a year for three years, you better tell me who we're hiring before you fire. Because I ain't just going to go, okay, let's go, go hire some. Let's make sure who we're hiring before we go fire people. You know what, man? See, this is bigger than just Mike McCarthy. Right. Okay? So, what they all have to ask, their question is th- ask the question of is this. And every decision has to be tailored towards this. Do we want to be regular season champions? That's right. Or do we want to be postseason warriors? Yeah. Which one do you want to be? And that is just not about we'll fire Mike McCarthy and all of a sudden then we'll be these postseason champions. Let's, let's go all the way back. Okay, in the offseason, like right now, what we're about to get ready for for the draft. When you right. start having those draft meetings and you start thinking, okay, let me think like 10, 11, 12 months from now when it's December and January. And guess what? The same thing happens every year. The offensive line starts to come into play, your defensive line, your size, your physicality. We better start acquiring some people who then we can start playing different ways when we need to yep. when it gets to the postseason. Not the regular season when you're boat raising people and everybody's and everybody's happy and you're jumping in, you know, in the Salvation Army pot and doing all those, those different kind of <laughs> yeah. cute things. But when it really matters. And see, this isn't just a Mike McCarthy thing. Okay, so construct the defense better. Yep. Get bigger on the inside. Get bigger at linebacker. Get some linebackers. As Mike McCarthy, when you're talking to a guy like Dan Quinn, you better be able to go into his office and go, this game plan is not nah. going to work. <laughs> because guess what they're going to do? Yeah. They're going to have big people. You have little people. Yeah. And they're going to run it up our you-know-what. Yeah. So start over yeah. and bring me something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's not Mike's problem. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. I know we're having fun here and we're, and we're being fun about it, but in all seriousness, like, that's the kind of thing he has to do. Yeah. Because as you're watching that unfold, and you're watching Aaron Jones do that yeah. over and over again, there's certain guys out there on the field for you defensively. They're trying. Yeah. They're too small. Hold on. So this is a bigger topic than just Mike McCarthy. Amen. And I remember somebody <laughs> last Tuesday being on this show telling my man Fox exactly how Green Bay would have to beat it. Only one way. Line up under center. Go get physical. And you, you, and you think you wake up with the answer being run the ball more. That's exactly what you said. I, and your response. And if you're Dan Quinn and you show up to go stop the only way they can beat you with six DBs or more on the field, 48 of 54, you have you have made an enormous error. And who was right? And you know what? If you don't trust to put whoever you've got active that day at linebacker and D-line right. in the game, then go to Will McClay, yeah. who runs personnel, go to Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones at this time of year right now and go, get me some bigger people. That's right. Big bodies. You know what I mean? Get this this isn't runner. just, this isn't just, well, if you fire Mike and you trade Dak, everything's great. Amen. I mean, can we just stop with that stuff Amen. all the time? I appreciate two real football men being very frustrated with a weekend <laughs> of this feet oh. soft football that you've been seeing. So, I, my expectation was that they would not come into this game uh, with no plan to stop the run because the times that they lost were because they were getting the ball run at them. (laughs) And I had the expectation that they would say, you're going to have to attack us down the field. And they started out, I thought, the first series, they started out aggressively attacking the run with tackles in the backfield. Mm -hmm. Then Jordan Love, they had that um, illegal contact. Mm -hmm. They got a first down. Then they couldn't figure out how to stop the run anymore for the rest of the game. And you know know what's interesting? As former DBs, the secondary didn't play worth a blip. They They were giving it up too now. Okay, they were just getting flat out beat. Yes. 
That's all. You know, it don't matter what you call. They were getting like beat. cement shoes. Okay, we, we're, we're texting during the game. I was like, dude, people been drinking pregame because they <laughs> they are confused. They yep. have no idea. It was it was an embarrassment. Yeah. That that part is for sure. They were in cement shoes. I love the way you pronounce <laughs> that word. So cement. But so but 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 we all know that the conversation is what the conversation right. is. And we all understand, Shefty said, that, that Mike McCarthy was going to be judged, at least in part, by the way the season ended, by their last game. And their last game, candidly, could not have been worse. So if you're looking for someone who's going to do what Lewis Riddick just said, walk into the defensive coach's office and say, this plan isn't good enough, he may say it a little bit more quietly. But Bill Belichick would do that. Does Bill, to Dallas, make sense? Yes or no? No. Not to me. Like, I think it makes sense for us to think that adding Bill Belichick improves the defense. He's not going to – he's going to come into the game with a plan. But I think that – you and I talked about this on your radio show. There are some things that Bill Belichick, I think, could deal with. And there are some things that I don't think that he wants to deal with. Having that voice behind him, over his shoulder, that has more authority than him, being uh, Jerry Jones, I think seems like if you have other options and you're Bill Belichick, why in the world – Will you subject yourself to having to fend with all that noise? But you know what, though? You know what, though? If it's true, and it makes sense, right? Bill wants to go somewhere where he has a veteran quarterback who understands how to play the game at a high level, who maybe needs his kind of tutelage in the postseason to go, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. That's right. This is how I'm going to help you and protect you. And at the same time go, in this defense over here, You know, Bill wants it strong down the middle, build inside out, defend the middle of the field first, all those things I've said on these shows for years. That's what happened yesterday. That ain't happening with a Bill Belichick coach defense. Look, if he can deal with the the rest of the stuff, he's perfect. For yeah. Dallas. Yeah. He's uh, perfect. Very quick final word. 100% agree. Look, Parcells did it. You, you, you can be – you can have the personality of Bill Belichick and go down there. And let me tell you something. He wants to win. He would win now. And he would have – No doubt. And he right. would win now. Be we'll have yeah. more on him and his future. What a morning we got working here. But By don't the way, leave Atlanta, Bill. Don't leave Atlanta. We got college hoops tonight on ESPN <laughs> and the app. Number six, Tennessee, hosting Florida. Then we got Kansas uh, taking on Oklahoma State. Great action tonight on ESPN. ESPN. Coming up, more on the Eagles. Bye, Eagles. Bye. What a no-show. A fitting end to a failing finish. The question is, what do they do now? Is that man the answer?